Are we doing a four count? Is it a four count? I mean, so we had to do with Dave. Four and in. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 130 somehow of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good, good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And if I could, I'd physically wrap this podcast as the perfect gift as it features so many ideas above our stations. Right, so what's happened there is, for any new listeners, right, Morgan, every week, he hasn't had a stroke, he, I know he sounded, he was sounded like he was having a stroke, he didn't have a stroke, right, every week he takes song titles or lyrics by the people in question who are guests and uses them to fill that bit, and it grinds my gears. I thought this one right? was very good, I, I, I enjoyed this. No, no. <laughs> It was all right. Okay. I'm not gonna, like it was all right, yeah. but yeah, I just for anybody new who's listening for the first time, um, welcome. Thank you very much, and I'm sorry about what's just <laughs> happened. But yes, this week's guest is Colin Duran of They Fell from the Sky, and of course. British rock legends, hundred reasons. Yes, and oh, let's give this man some credit. Not only a great music mind, but truly a voice to a whole seeing generation and community. In the early 2000s, hundred reasons were one of those key acts in the British alternative rock revival. Their records to this day are considered game-changing outlets for all the bands that followed. And I remember remembered as a highlight to a very important time in so many people's lives and talking about inspiration sean just how important were 100 reasons to not only you the blackout but everyone involved in alternative music at that time well i genuinely believe like 100 reasons it was like lost profits hell is for heroes they were all detrimental detrimental in uh, the scene and then for creating what was to become you know bands like my former band the blackout like they created that scene for us to kind of come into and step into and wow 100 reasons released three eps in the beginning and they were all unbelievable and then they really released ideas about the station which was fantastic um so what an absolute brilliant band i saw um 
I must have seen him five or six times. Um, I saw him playing TJ's once. I think Thursday turned up and played. Oof. Just turned up like an, just a guest what? on that show. And yeah, just under reasons was such a fucking great band. After this, I implore you to go and check out uh, Ideas of Our Station. Shatterproof is not a challenge. Kill your own. Yeah, all of it. Just check out 100 Reasons. and But definitely, the reason why we're here today is to talk about Colin's new project, They Fell From The Sky. Yes, and it's a very exciting time indeed because he's actually returned to a frontman role with this new project, They Fell From The Sky, which is the brainchild of Colin and Jason Bold, who you will know as the drummer from Pitch Shifter and currently Bullet For My Valentine. They have just released their first two singles in Dry and Crush This World, and we're going to be diving into the nitty-gritty details of what you can expect and even not expect from the band. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nice. Well remembered. Nice. Nice. Got him. I like what you've done there. Oh, everyone listen to this. He's got you good. Yeah, he is right. I've listened to this. Fuck you now. Carry on, but, but I should mention, since 100 Reasons quieted down, Colin doesn't have social media. He doesn't really do interviews. And the fact he's doing something like They Fell From The Sky is a huge deal. So we're very proud to have him on. We're going to be talking about everything absolutely everything from Reason Sky and the fact he's now a music business lecturer and helps run Notting Hill Academy of Music. Yes, it's awesome, isn't it? I know it's probably down to talent, but how come I didn't get offered a job like that when, <laughs> when the fucking blackout packed it in? How come, like, Cardiff University went, oh, you're as close as somebody from Merthyr will ever get to fucking doing all right come and fucking talk to these kids oh well uh, but yeah congratulations to colin love him he's always been fucking super nice like i literally met him as like a wide-eyed fucking i mean he's a teenager he would, probably would have been early 20s and i was just like he's fucking unbelievable like his bungless energy he's like a fucking the labrador of rock Ooh. fucking hell wow get on a t-shirt <laughs> what a description um, there yeah ju- just boundless energy leaping about all the time big air i just love them and fucking brilliant songwriters and i gotta get my tongue out their asses and <laughs> i've just gone on too much they fell from the sky the new stuff is awesome it's heavier than you're expecting mm. definitely mm. and i fucking really enjoyed yes. it so yes thank you very much to colin for coming on thank you very much for his team for sorting it out yeah, it was such a fucking good chat, and it was just nice to see his face and just shoot the shit. Yeah, yes, exactly. And I think a lot of people are going to enjoy seeing what he's been up to over these last few years. But just before we get into the conversation very quickly, just a reminder, if you'd like to help support Sapnin and let's make this podcast each and every week, please head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Over there, there's a host of extra tiers and goodies and bonus podcasts you can get, but you can also be included in our wonderful, and I have to stress how wonderful they are, in our Sap fam community. They all help each other, they chat every day, and it's a great, great laugh to help us continue this podcast. So that's patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at SapninPod. Yes, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Oh, bugger. S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Sorry, I had a stroke. Um, <laughs> very strokey today. So I'm sorry about that. And I'm sorry wow. to have offended saying that as well. 
give out a follow as morgan said check out the patreon patreon.com force us something every penny goes into keeping this podcast going because 130 weeks in a row now should we have done seasons it looks like <laughs> but we didn't so here we are banging on every week when one comes out friday i've literally got 48 hours going ah, and then we're back to oh, it so yeah check out patreon.com forward slash happening thanks to everyone who's already involved with it if you're thinking about getting involved with it in the words of nike have a bash in it <laughs> yeah like I, I think I think that's where it was. But anyway, let's get into this wonderful conversation with Colin Duran from 100 Reasons. And it's nice to see that it's not just stories with unhappy endings. Fantastic. Sapnid! Sapnid! There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? You two involved. <laughs> Colin's better than you with this. Uh, oh. Yeah, this week's guest is um, frontman, singer, all-round fantastic human being, Colin Duran. How yes. are you, Colin? I'm good, guys. I'm good. How about you? Yeah, not bad, yeah, thanks. Yeah, right. This life stuff is taking forever, but yeah. <laughs> it's all right, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time, though, to come on, man. I think uh, a lot of people are going to be very intrigued to see what you've been up to, what you've got to say, and just hear some amazing stories from your back catalogue of a career. <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do, but yeah. See what's happening, am I? <laughs> yeah. How's things anyway? How have you been lately and through all this uh, pandemic world of the last year? Um, I've definitely been one of the lucky ones. Life's been pretty good. I've got a garden. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Spoil. I've got, um, you know, the wife around as well. So I think we've kind of become our close little unit, which is kind of 
the good side of this, I think, for some people, but in some cases, definitely a negative. <laughs> from my perspective, it's actually kind of worked out okay. I've uh, been one of the lucky ones as well, and the fact that, you know, I do have a job and I'm allowed to keep it and work and still get paid. So from my perspective, I know I've got a lot of friends, particularly in the tour world, just been affected really badly by the whole thing. Um, you know, it's not been great in that respect, but yeah, what can I say? I'm trying not to be too smug about it, but I've come out all right. At the <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. You're smiling like you've won a Tory, a Tory PPE contract. <laughs> What's going on? I'm just excited to speak to you. It's that kind of Welsh accent. It always brings out the giggles and everyone, doesn't it? Puts them in a good mood. <laughs> oh, nice. oh. Well, well, there's a lot of things we want to get into in this conversation, but you've mentioned your job. I mean, please tell us about the lecturing and all that side of things. Well, I run a music business school at the moment. So helping people learn more about the industry, pitfalls that, you know, can fall into if you're not too careful. Uh, so that's kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis. So a bit of teaching um, and then mainly running the school and helping the students out uh, with a bunch of great lecturers. Uh, yeah, what can I say? I don't want to talk about it too much because it's not the most exciting thing in the world. Uh, but it's definitely a way, I think, in terms of, sort of being able to give back. I'm not a bitter person from you know careers in the past where you just feel as though you owed something i never had a big ego in the first place so from my perspective it's all about community it's all about help and if you can help someone else do something great then let them and help them so that's what we do at the school Yes. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, you make out like people would be, you know, bored, <laughs> bored of that. But people are genuinely. We've yeah. had so many people get in touch with us asking, asking for you. So um, yeah, people want to know. <laughs> people are interested, and that is that is interesting because we yeah we've had some people in bands and we've gone oh you know like oh yeah I've managed to keep my job and you're like oh what's your job and you're like oh milkman. But yours yeah. is ob- obviously more interesting. So especially to this world. So <laughs> how long ago did you start that? So I joined it about four years ago. It's the Notting Hill Academy of Music. So we run courses out in Notting Hill when we're allowed to. Uh, so everything is kind of online at the moment, but just uh, a really good bunch of students that just want to do something cool. And we try to help them, you know, not, we help them with the creative side in some areas, absolutely. But the main thing is, is that a lot, what a lot of people don't know is that the, the business side, how do I make money? So it's that kind of education process there where people aren't screwed over. And if they meet somebody that, you know, that says, you know, oh, I want to be a manager. I mean, anyone can say they're a manager. <laughs> you know, I could say I'm a manager, but I wouldn't be a good one. So from that perspective, it's about understanding when you see a contract in front of you, when you want to know about publishing, registering your work, understanding how labels work. Even if you want a record deal, do you want one? Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's help you with that. But maybe you want to do a DIY. So it's about also treating each, we don't have loads of students. So the idea is, is that we try to help people as an individual achieve what they need to achieve and no music's kind of you know out of bounds you know because there's a there's a viability in whatever it is you do it's just about not sort of falling into the mistakes that other people might make or even some of the mistakes i made Hmm. and about sort of passing that knowledge on nice so yeah it's good fun yeah that's super cool yeah i'm sure it's just quite exciting to see that kind of eagerness from your students' eyes and getting back into music from that grassroots level really and just seeing everything unfold for them yeah, and I think the idea is whenever someone's doing something like this, and particularly the people that we help, it's about um, not trying to sell any sort of a dream. Mm. So, you know, it's very easy to be grabbing headlights or, you know, loads of music analogies, as I'm sure you guys will agree. You could just turn that into a dating story. 
<laughs> you know, and um, and the moment you kind of turn it into a dating thing, it just becomes the best analogy ever. Whenever you're talking about something, if a pretty girl comes up to you and or pretty boy, whatever it is you're into, you know, um, comes up to you and says, you know, go out of me. Are you just going to say yes? Or are you going to maybe look a little bit deeper? Because it's no different to a record label coming up to you going, yeah, I want to sign you, but they haven't really talked to you or done anything about it either. So just about that kind of educating people to not be sort of bowled over by the razzmatazz because just like anything else, right? You know, you can love being in the music industry. It's amazing. It's a great thing to be a part of. But you have your boring days just like everybody else does. <laughs> you know, it's, you know what it's like. You go on tour. What are you going to do for the other sort of 23 hours of the day? Pop a bit of sleep. So the show is amazing. You have a great time. You play the show, but the rest of it, you're just, you know, going around doing what you do. Yeah, just milling um, about, like looking for a Wi-Fi cord. <laughs> <laughs> generally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's generally the vibe. So it's just about, you know, breaking the myths and making it something that's a bit more real. Um, and we try to bring people in that have that expectation about, I'm serious about what I want to do, rather than, oh, I'm just going to be the next, you know, pop prince or princess or whatever. Yeah. Have you got any of the students that, um, yeah, you think could uh, be the next big thing? Or is there anything like that that you've got that you're very excited about? Well, we've got a couple of students that are just really good. Um, some of them do sort of UK rap and they do a really, really good job of it. You know, it's really about sort of connecting them with the right people and get sort of helping them with that sort of foot in the door because we've all got pretty decent industry connections. So it's very much... Right, well, if you if you feel you're kind of at a decent stage right now, then we're going to do something about it right now. Could even be a student from two years ago can get back in touch and say, well, I'm ready now because I wasn't ready on the course. You go, okay, well, let's see what we can do. We've got the connections to get people heard. No one's going to sell, you know, can't sell anyone a record deal or guarantee that, obviously. Yeah. But the idea is, is that anyone that comes to us, we can definitely make sure their stuff's heard. And that's probably one of the most important things, I think, for anybody to have just that opportunity. Yeah. yeah totally yeah that's yeah. that's so awesome yeah that's so <laughs> awesome i had no idea yeah i had no idea that's what you were that's what you were up to at the moment so yeah that's brilliant brilliant to you well it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it is but, and that's the way it is yeah go on Morgan. yeah but, but not to get like a free lecture from you but literally just to ask i, I mean <laughs> but, <laughs> but i mean like when you're connecting with these students and you're talking things through i mean is there a certain element of the industry that they're always surprised by or don't really realize that how things work or how you've got to get into certain aspects like is there anything like that that comes to mind music publishing and copyright okay massive massive as in terms of most people i mean we've had people that have come on the course that have done a master's and then they don't know anything about music publishing and that doesn't make them stupid obviously but it's i just think if anybody's going to learn anything about the music industry learn about publishing and learn about copyright because you spend a lot of time you know i did a guest on a record um, a few years back with a great band called Wars, people I've ever met, really liked the track. And I went in and, you know, did a bit of a guest thing and it was really good fun um, with Matt O'Grady as well, who's producing. And you just go in and do that, but that doesn't mean you don't talk about splits and you don't talk about money. Because if you're committing something that's creative to something, there's, there's a percentage value attached to that. And it's not about it being the elephant in the room because... If a song goes stratospheric and you're left in the cold with no leg to stand on, it's your own fault. And that's what I mean about understanding copyright, understanding publishing, and just helping people be able to kind of have those conversations because you can, people like you and I would probably take that for granted as in, right, here's what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen, right? Let's have the chat about the money. 
Whereas I think a lot of creative people feel as though the money is kind of like the dirty word. And that's the thing where sometimes you can end up going and taking advantage for because it's very important to understand that just because you absolutely love doing something doesn't mean you have to live like a pauper. If you can get away with making some money out of this, then go ahead and do it because, you know, that's what allows you to keep doing it. <laughs> if you don't have any money, you don't get to keep doing it. So you've got to make money out of what you're doing. So have those conversations. Um, you go into the studio and work with a producer, understand that there's going to be, if you're not paying for that recording, they're going to own the master recordings because you're using their space. Understand all of that. Just delve and, and look and be interested because it's not the most interesting thing on paper. But when you're sitting there in 30 years' time wondering why you had a shot at the big time and nothing ever happened, you know, you're going to go back and look at that and wonder why that is. Mm. <laughs> That's because I'm an old fart now, so I get to uh, fucking my day. So, yeah. You should take it. Have you ever thought about doing lecturing? <laughs> oh, no, that's weird. Have you thought about doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should do this full yeah, time. Right. Yeah, you should teach it. Yeah. Um, no, but that is a bit interesting to hear because I think a lot of listeners to this podcast as well wonder about those nitty gritty behind the scenes elements. And we've all heard stories in the past of someone getting the wrong end of a deal or doing the guest feature and taking a fee yeah. up front and not thinking or, or, or wherever. So yeah, it's interesting to see that you're passing on that knowledge from all your experience over the years and um, just trying to get people aware of these things more than anything. Yeah, and I think um, I think these days... You know, no one gets a bad deal. No one does. It's just about what you will and won't accept. And if you don't think you're getting a good deal, just walk away. You don't have to sign anything. Until it's signed, you're not committed to anything. And I think sometimes bands feel, or some artists feel, as though they're almost obliged to sign it because they've taken their conversation three months down the line with a label. And it's like, if you're not happy, just don't do it. Just, just walk away. Yeah, now now looking at it, I've just realised I could have I could have done with you about seventeen years ago because this, I've done I've done guests guest stuff with other people's songs and um, yeah I don't think I get credit for it so I missed that boat now Tom, but it's good to know that the, the future moving forward to have people like you to teach on these things so yeah hey guys if you did like me and uh, go and go and speak to Colin um, wow. Speaking of interesting projects, I mean, we have to talk about your new band, They Fell From The Sky. Um, you've just started this with Jason Boland from Bullet For My Valentine. Wait it, wait it. I don't think that's true. Didn't you guys get together in like 2016 or something like that? It's probably even longer than that. This has been a long time coming, um, just in terms of deciding, I think, what we want to do with it and how we want to do it. So the songs of probably been recorded a couple of times just because you know as you listen back to stuff you constantly critique and because nothing was coming out we could go back to it dave draper who's um produced it has done an amazing job played guitar as well so there's been a lot of time spent on it just to make it great and i think the songs have probably been written over a long period of time and i think it just initially started with a bit of a dick about with me and jason um and just kind of went from there and there are points when we were thinking about making it something more serious. And then it was like, well, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think it's, you know, if you want to be in a band and start a, new, a brand new band, you've got to understand it's without sounding patronizing. It's a young person's game. Yeah. yeah I found that out. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. yeah. Cause it's hard, you know, you can go and do something creative by all means and have a really good time doing it and have that outlet. And maybe, you know, there's an odd show that comes out of it here and there, 
sporadically if everyone really feels like it's something that you want to do. But generally, the days of jumping in a van for months on end, you know, it's being in a band in the early days is an, an incredibly selfish thing. And you need to be selfish because you need to be able to go and do that. Whereas when you get older, your ties are different. You've got a mortgage to pay. It's a bit tough to justify to your wife. I'm just off on the jolly for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Going to come back with fuck all. Um, but I promise you, I would have had a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> and do some washing. Yeah. And then yeah. Big bag of smelly clothes. Right? Washing, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Here's some, here's some, gig, here's some gig pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what's made you realise now is the perfect time to get the band going and put out music and everything? Because as you said, you and Jason have worked on projects in the past with his this is yeah. menace and, and everything along that line so why now why why 2021 to uh start another band i think it's just because we were understanding a little bit more about what we wanted to do with it and it was to just it's music we've been sitting on for quite a while and it gets to a point where you know you just want people to hear it you're really proud of it you absolutely love it i think one of the things that i'm always bowled over by is just how ageless it is and some of the songs have been around for five six seven years and just they're just not dull they're just not boring and they still float your boat when you put it on and i'm just listening to a track while i was waiting for you guys you know because you're fucking late <laughs> and um <laughs> while i was um then i just put a track on and i'm just like this is i love it i absolutely love it. i love the songs and i just think people want you know people should hear it well yeah we were um we were blessed we were lucky enough to um be sent a uh, a link to dry and um yeah awesome fantastic thumper um i don't know how you feel about this but bear in mind this is a very very good word to me this is but tinge of new metal i don't know how you feel about that i love new metal call it was my creator genre i think it's um i don't think you can um get offended by genres because people will put your music into whatever genre they like i think the idea whenever you think about your music is a genre you're just gonna send yourself down a spiral of doom i think the whole idea is when you think about the genre of music it's it's not about whether it's new metal whether it's death metal doom whatever you whatever it is it's just if i was going to go and find it in an actual physical shop or in a amazon basket of sorts what department would i be looking for and as long as it fits in that department then you're probably going to be okay but I think you can over pigeonhole yourself anywhere. And I think whenever you listen to any music, you'll find elements of anything and everything within it. The thing for me is whenever I write music, I just want to write music that I like listening to. And that's what it comes down to. And it's, you know, at some point you can get a little bit sort of overly analytical about things. Um, absolutely for sure. But I think obviously if it's for the benefit of the song, then, then you do that. But generally I don't think about what genre anything sits in. I just sit there and think, does that sound good? And if it does, and if that to you, Sean happens to have a new metal tinge, yes. <laughs> then I'm fine with that. Oh, good. It doesn't bother yeah, me. good. Because anybody that listens to anything is going to think what they think of it. Yeah. You should have only been worried if I'd said it sounded like Scar. Because um, I'm, I'm not a big Scar fan. If I said, oh, yeah, oh, that's brilliant. It reminds me of Real Big Fish. I, I think I might... I think I might be questioning your musical knowledge, I think, if yeah, you thought it sounded a bit star. Yeah. Fairness. <laughs> um, and also as well, if you're like, to be honest, Colin, what the hell did you do that for? It's absolutely <laughs> rubbish. But this is the thing now, right? I think- because, yeah, if we tease now about um, 
all the different genres, people will have to go and listen to it because they've got a clue what we're talking about. So yeah, I like that scar section in the middle. And it's I really like good. The, yeah, I like the dubstep outro as well. <laughs> I thought the rap section was really good too. That was good, yeah. Um, really good. I can't believe Tupac was on it, to be honest. I can't believe you found those old recordings. <laughs> I know, right? There's a lot of stuff floating around that they're trying to monetize. Um, there's a lot of leftovers. Um, there's the odd verse here and there. There's not enough to yeah, put into yeah. a song. If you actually go to his record label, there's actually like a Tupac bin, and you can go there and you can fish out anything, have a look through the old tapes or whatever, and literally you can do a pay what you want. So you just leave like maybe. <laughs> 20p in a little box next to the bin of the old and tapes. You get the right feature, yeah, and you get the right feature in Tupac on every video you put out. That's unbelievable. Exactly. What a great idea. Exactly, I know. I can't believe you. Yeah, I can't believe you're the first band to do this. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we are inventing <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, dry. It's, it's heavy, it's rocking, and then all of a sudden the, um, the indistinguishable sound of Colin comes in <laughs> and uh, yeah it's, it's awesome it's, re- it's really fantastic um, thank you cheers yeah it reminded me of uh, the good old days you're going to cry. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it. Oh, God, man. It's one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah. So, yeah. How did you and, like, Jason meet and stuff? Like, I know you did This Is Menace together. Was that the first meeting? Actually, no. I mean, how far back do you want to go, really? My very first band, which was called Floor, best name ever. Yes. No. How was it spelled? Um, you know, like the, the stuff you stand on, you know, when you stand okay. on the floor. <laughs> Literally that. Now, I know what you mean, because you could say floor, F-L-A-W. So I do, you yeah. know, I'm not going to take the piss, Yeah, Sean. It does, does have more um, of an emo indie rock vibe as well. Floor, as in, with a W. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I was in a band called Floor, and we played our local venue, which is called the Agincourt in Camberley, Surrey. Pitch shift to a headlining. So for us, it was like the big support. Now, believe it or not, Again, how far back do you want to go? But there's a guy that came and did our sound, this guy called Roger Patterson, one of the nicest people ever. I think he does merch, or he did a good few years ago. But he also used to be the tour manager for Faith No More and Rage Against the Machine. Oh, like you do. <laughs> and he used to live, I know, right? But he used to live fairly locally. And this is one of the main things that I kind of discovered about how you don't always have to look at the people in the bands necessarily. There's plenty of other people that work in and around those bands that probably have a lot more. Um, sway so to speak because I bumped into him on a train like the year before or something and he was on his way to meet Faith No More to start a tour and we were just like me and my friend were on our way to London to come by the single for the new Faith No More and King for a Day came out here's an old story right so we did that and then we went to a secret Faith No More gig the next night that we had tickets for and then um, he was there and we're like hello mate saw you on the train yesterday had a little bit of chat blah 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 turns out he just lived in the next town along so sort of built a little bit of a relationship with him and he was really into helping people out as well. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. Not even remember me, but he was such a wonderful man and he kind of helped and did our sound so that we would sound all right at least, you know, when Pitch Shifter came on. And the Pitch Shifter guys were really nice, just really friendly, you know, and you get up and Jason was there and Mark Clayton's just one of my um, best mates now. You know, he was there too. But the support band that was on first was Jetpack, which was Larry's band. So we had that kind of bill and I suppose that was our first, first meeting. And then we had a sound engineer called Steve Gurney or Steve from Cov. He's amazing. And he used to do a lot of pitch shifter sound and ended up doing our sound. And when this is menace was coming together and I was in Nottingham, um, I kind of just went and did some vocals for the album. 
it kind of just went from there really and you just end up you know coming in you know like you do with this industry that one has to be best friends all mm. the time you just kind of fall in and out of each other's lives as and when you know something comes up and i think when jason was trying to put together just a few ideas and i had a few ideas he just sent me some stuff and it was like well i've got some ideas for that and then you hash it out and then you realize that there's something pretty good going on and kind of goes from there i think steve from cov um it was a steve from cov that you said Stephen yeah. Cobb, Steve Gurney, brother Gurney. I think he, um, I think he gave my uh, my friend Bob, who was the guitarist in the Blackout, um, tonight dust for all uh, tonight dust for all of his life. So um, probably if you could send that over to Steve <laughs> from Cobb, thank him from Bob because Bob has got a constant. Bob is the angriest person I've ever met, and I think that tonight dust plays a part in that. So could you please thank Steve? for that I think we're doing it now I think we're thanking <laughs> you now Steve. hi Steve who obviously <laughs> listens every week um, yeah you've uh, deafened Bob so uh, good work ah. and uh, yeah, keep it up <laughs> <laughs> but, but with that obviously you know Dry is the first single to be released from the project and there's rumours of an album coming out in the spring I'm sure you'll announce that in, in due course but um, yeah I think I've, I think I've been told summertime. Uh, I've got a text from I got a text from management yesterday. I was like, just give me the dates, will you? Because you know I'm going to talk about it, and then an album in the summer. Yeah. But I believe this is your first proper project of you fronting a band and everything since Hundred Reasons. So is there a bit of you that is nervous to get this project out now to be releasing music again or are you just excited as ever to start fresh and show people what you've been up to um it's it's kind of a weird one i don't i mean i'm excited about it coming out i don't feel any nervousness or anything because people will make of it what they will and from my perspective i've always kind of been that way i've not ever felt you know people have to like something I remember handing out a flyer once after a show and someone just gave it back to me and went, no, mate, you're shit. <laughs> and it was just funny because people think that they just have their opinion and some people feel the need, I think, to express it more vehemently than others. I don't mind what people think because people will love it and some people will hate it and think it's the worst thing I've ever heard. But from my perspective, I'm really proud of it. I'm really glad I worked on it. I think it's one of the best things I've done. And just to be you know, hanging out with some of the loveliest people, you know, we've got Leo and Mez as well, I play bass on it, you know, from Snuff. There's a few cheeky guests on the record as well that um, Dave J, who produced it, has worked with, but they're not credited through choice. So there's good stuff there. And it's just been a really kind of casual process because, you know, when you've got no pressure and you've got no expectation, you know, you're not trying to please anybody, you're just trying to make sure that you're happy with it and that you like the songs and they sound how you want them to sound and you made sure you've given it everything that it should have, you know, to be amazing. So for me, yeah, there is no expectation. Can you maybe spoil a surprise and tell us a mm. guest that isn't Tupac, obviously? No, <laughs> no, really. They've, they've, All right, they've, they've wished to remain anonymous. But um, oh. right. um, so that's definitely Mike Patton. Right, <laughs> Mike Patton. Tech. Although if, if right, sorted. Yeah. So anyway, just want a quick shout out that if Matt Berry ever listens to this podcast, I want him on something. Matt Berry, oh, I love. I'd you. love. Yeah. I love you, Matt Berry. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, funnily enough, I did guest vocals for um, Matt Berry, a friend in America, <laughs> yeah, no, for, a friend in America, um, and I just finished watching Toast of London oh, that day when I was recording the vocals. So 
<laughs> the producer who was recording my end ended up sending him all the outtakes of me just going, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And right to the end of the song, he used one. Amazing. So like it fades out and then it just goes, yes. But yeah, oh, yeah. I think everybody would like Matt Berry on an album. Probably, but he's very musical as well. So it'd be interesting yeah, he is, what his yeah. take would be on it. So yeah, a toast of Tinseltown. Oh, nice. I know, um, I'm going to write Matt Berry down because I'm going to now try and bug him to come on the podcast. So Then you've got to make something happen. I will make it happen. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> it's a guarantee as well, so you know he's serious. <laughs> but from your point of view and, and stuff as well, I mean, the, is there a lot of these ideas vocally or with melodies and everything that you've been working on and had secret for quite a while, just now and again over the years, just collecting little ideas? Or did all of you just get into a room and make the album and, and the songs that they are together? I think for most of the process, there was no writing that actually took place, I think, in a room, as in let's all get together and write. It was normally, you know, sending emails, here's a track that I've come up with, here's some ideas there, and then I go, well, here's some ideas, I've got to go over that, and then you expand on it. Most of the time when I'm being creative, I do have ideas and I record them, I think most people do. You just put them in your phone, and then you have this kind of back catalogue of ideas that you can go back to, and then sometimes you're just, the next single which has got a chorus that's actually bigger than God. Um, <laughs> was, that, that came up just with me and Dave in a room, just, you know, here's some music. And then the idea came and then the music underneath it changed. So there was always that kind of flexibility to be able to, you know, and sometimes when you're in a room and you're writing with other people, that's a little bit sort of more difficult sometimes because you've got other people to persuade. Whereas if you can go away and make your idea what you want it to be and then present that, then people can go, oh, okay, yeah, that's actually really good. So there's, there's different ways. And I think we, you know, we, I've written sort of many, many different ways, but because this was just something that happened over such a long period of time, it was just more casual. So you would just go back to stuff. And one of the tracks on the record was probably, probably redid the vocals like three times because I just thought, well, that melody needs change and that could be better. That, could change there when I'm not happy with the delivery there. So, or maybe we cut the intro a little bit short. You know what it's like being creative, but you just don't over a longer period of time because, you know, if you guys know who Dave Draper is, he's just finishing up, I think, the notes sort of Wild Hearts record and he's recording now and he's done, he's just such a busy man. But this, again, for him is like a passion thing. Um, and it's just a great relationship with that guy who's just one of the best human beings ever. And, I always kind of like to say that, you know, when you're sort of trying to, I think when you get more experience as a performer, particularly in the studio, you kind of know a lot more about what you want to do and you need less direction. So the way that Dave and I work is generally, it's just a little bit of guidance here and there and a few ideas back and forth. And, you know, it's quite exploratory. So, and that's quite a good thing about it being a bit more of a studio project rather than kind of being in a live room and then go, here we go. Um, and then you go to record it and then you're suddenly under this, time frame where something has to be recorded and tip top within a certain period of time to be delivered whereas over a longer period of time you get to go back to stuff and i think that's what's made it such a good project and also i think what makes it so good nice and, and for anyone listening to this and thinking has a expectation of what you guys might sound like because of all your previous projects and everyone involved in there how would you really describe the band if you if you had to if you had to put it into words how would you really 
describe they fell from the sky it's really heavy i'm really heavy at points and then it's also got like really 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 good choruses i I always like a massive chorus anyway i'm a big fan so that's you know that's kind of what it is it's just it's got there's even one riff that i wouldn't say is a million miles away from mishuga when they're kind of grooving but that's only like a small element of a track or something but the idea is, is I always like melody and I like melody over like odd time signatures. So sometimes that'll creep in a bit here and there too. But yeah, you just, you just write what you like. And I don't think you need to be beholden to any genre or style. I mean, it's heavy because that's how, that's the music I like. And that's what Jason likes and that's what Dave likes. So that's what's going to come out at the end of the day. I don't know. How else do you want to describe it? It's, it's, <laughs> it's a rock band and it sounds like a big rock band. So it's good. Yeah. Nice. Are there any, um, I know not at the moment with the virus going on, but will you celebrate this with um, some live shows maybe later in the year or early next year? I'm going to go with no. Ever? When when are we (laughs) going (laughs) to... Never going to play a gig? I don't think so, no. (gasps) I think the whole idea is to keep it a bit of a studio project. Ooh. Keep it something that isn't, again, you know... um, it's, it's hard to say never, you never say never, but at the end of the day, with other commitments and everything else that's kind of going on, it's got to be something that's worthwhile. And without sort of realising or even knowing what sort of traction this is going to get, without sounding mercenary about it, it's tough to kind of give up your time to go and play first on at a festival for 50 quid that's a four-hour drive away. Mm, yeah. So that's just not where I'm at. And that's, again, not me being mercenary, but it's also got to be worth Jason's time out of bullet you know whatever he's doing at that as well so you know it's a passion project and i would never say never but the intention is to not do any tours the intention is to not really play shows okay <laughs> Ooh, that's a that's an interesting one yeah we say that now is a secret set of download 2022 yeah <laughs> that's why i said never say never you never say never, <laughs> yeah. never know. Yeah, if it's number one on the charts and suddenly we're filling stadiums and i'll be like imagine i am not doing i said on sapling i wasn't gonna do i don't care if wembley stadium sold out i don't i've said i promise Shona Morgan. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we can make we can make millions Cop. no look i promise Shona Morgan. <laughs> but i did never say never so that's okay that covers me that's yeah. I quoted, yeah. I quoted but, Justin Bieber so everything's exactly. alright exactly <laughs> but, the, but the intention is no <laughs> okay well fair enough well yeah well yeah. I'm, I'm excited for everyone to hear this album in the summer yeah, as well too. i think it's gonna surprise a lot of people but um while we have you here cole i mean we would love to dive into the past a little bit <laughs> okay um if we can i, I Do know you, yeah what's your views on world war ii <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you'd go there to be honest but. Uh, neither did I when, when we start you said I wanted to go to the past and I instantly went to World War 2 and I don't know why and I'm sorry I'm sorry about it now <laughs> no but we'd love to talk a little bit about 100 Reasons um, like just looking back on the band and everything now how, how do you see its kind of legacy and its lasting impact on the music scene because I feel like 100 Reasons was a band that really in the early 2000s influenced so many bands and obviously you took the likes out of, of Ruben and House of Heroes and even Film for Friend to extent out and, and, and playing all 
festivals and shows together at, at that time and all of those bands are seeing it as such cult classics so i just wanted to see like when you look back at 100 reasons and everything the band achieved how do you how do you see it now in in 2021 how do you look back on everything um well i'm massively proud of it how can you not be um we got to tour with some great people i think there was a real community around the time that's not to say that doesn't exist now it's just that it's not really my world anymore so to speak but there's some you know just some great times we had i think um i kind of look upon things you know if you want to go back to the band sort of starting out in year 2000 it's kind of like me being in the 90s listening to rage against the machine and then trying to listen to led zeppelin or something like that and i think how we remember things and sort of consume time <laughs> as a measure is quite amusing as well because i think um I think just think we were lucky to be able to make the music that we wanted to make. Not all of it is maybe as good as I would wanted it to have been. And I think it's important to be open about and candid about stuff like that. I'm very proud of what we achieved and proud of what we did. But there's always going to be a few things that you would maybe change a little bit. And sometimes that's not to do with the band itself. Sometimes it's to do with circumstances surrounding the band you know, particularly in terms of deals with labels um, and changing of hands and stuff like that. So there's always a few things that you would maybe do a little bit differently, but in the same respect, you can't go back and regret that because that's just happened. And if you're going to sit and dwell on a decision you made 20 years ago, you really need to just fucking shut up and go home. So from my perspective, we just made sure we wrote the best music that we could at the time and enjoyed it while we were doing it, made sure that, we had a real, I think, ethos towards the, the people that came to see us play. We didn't want to rip people off for T-shirts. We didn't want to rip people off for ticket prices. We always wanted to make sure that we... I mean, I don't think anyone in the band ever had an ego. And I think that genuinely is, is probably what probably helped us a little bit more, particularly in terms of transitioning from being in a full-time band you know, to doing something else. Because for us, it was never about the big I am. It was about just making the best music you can and playing the best shows you can so that everyone walked away, hopefully, thinking, you know, had a really good time. Because that's what it is. You know, you can't, you know, the music that we wrote, definitely on a personal basis, the lyrics and what have you, meant a lot to me. But they're not going to mean a lot to absolutely everybody else. And you have to understand that, and I think this is why a lot of American artists do really well, is because they understand it's the entertainment industry. And that's a lot of the reason why they are, maybe have more success. But we kind of understood that we were there to sort of entertain people. And the whole joke was, oh, what are you, some sort of performer monkey? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy and you don't have a great time while you do it. Um, I think a lot of people have been really kind to us, you know, since as well in terms of how they've sort of, you know, talked about us. You know, uh, Ralph Menashikari has been really kind about us, you know, and, you know, being a fan of the band and Frank Turner has been really kind to us as well. You know, there's been a few people out there that I think that have said that we've had a really positive impact on them. And I think that's really good. So from that perspective to have that, that's, that's a really nice legacy to leave behind because at the end of the day, I don't think anybody should ever walk into this industry thinking they're going to make a shed ton of money. And we never had that perspective. Our manager was like, look, if you manage to make two albums, well done. If you make three, amazing and we managed to make four (laughs) from that perspective but that was the whole thing our expectation was managed very early on so we weren't bothered about getting chicks and that kind of thing it was just about 
well, I'm, I'm here for the music. I'm here to have a good time. I'm here to sing songs that I really enjoy singing. That's what it was about for us. So, yeah, it was a bit straightforward. And, yeah, not maybe the most rock and roll, but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. No, I think... I think that came across with your music and your live shows is that you were there for the music. Some of my favourite shows back in the day, I was talking about it, funnily enough, I was talking about it with some of the Sapnin. We got like a Patreon group or whatever. I was talking about some of them about us seeing you guys in Cardiff Coal Exchange. Um, yeah. With Cap Down, with- yeah. Doug, Douglas Slade as well. Douglas, yeah. oh, those boys. <laughs> yeah, Colin and that. Yeah. Another Colin, yeah. Yeah, indeed, um, yeah. Colin that Squid. That would have been messy um, no matter what. Yeah, it was it was a very, very good night. Um but yeah, did you because you guys were kind of like part of what I see as the big resurgence in British rock. So that you like like Morgan mentioned some of them, like you guys, Hellers for Heroes, um A, Ruben, Lost Prophet, like you were the bands just before like my my bunch of yeah. My scene came along, I suppose, that like opened our eyes to going. Oh, Jesus! You could be British and and do this. This is un- unreal. Did you did you feel that at the time? Because it was such an exciting scene and so many fantastic bands from all different genres as well. Yeah, I think the thing for us was to always make sure that we kept our UK identity. So it was, if anything, kind of sounded remotely American, which it generally didn't. Then it was kind of stepped on. And I mean that in a good way, because it wasn't about trying to fake something that wasn't, wasn't there. I think, um, you know, in terms of that, it was just, um, just a really good time to be around. Yeah, I mean, that's just what it was. It was like that sort of like camaraderie. And I don't necessarily know that we were having that impact maybe at the time, because it's, it's very easy to kind of look back on that. But kind of when you're in it, stuff's happening at a million miles an hour and you play one show and then you play in another show you've got press here you're flying there you're doing that which on paper sounds absolutely amazing and it's very difficult to actually stop and think about it whereas if you look back on it after the event you go wow that was pretty cool <laughs> but doing it it's that's just what you're doing and i think it's very easy to it's not forgetting why we did it because that never never changed but when you're kind of in it it's kind of almost odd it's like some people would be Back in the day, you know, you kind of almost go, well, your dream is to have a record deal or something like that. And so, well, I've got one. And then you, it's almost like you start to take that even for granted because you've made a certain amount of progression. So even then when we're sort of making this and then they fell from the sky, you kind of knew at some point that somebody put it out with a bit of promo and set you up with cool podcasts like this. So, um, <laughs> you know, so you go and do that and, and someone's going to want to talk to you. So yeah. this, this is something that, you know, it's obviously good to see you guys, but from some other people looking from the outside in, it's like a little bit, well, how the hell do I get to do that? How do I, without blowing smoke up your ass, but how do I get to speak to Sean and Morgan on their podcast? How do I make that happen? Who do I connect with? So it's very easy, I think, when you're kind of in it to just not think about the day-to-day and just think, well, I'm doing this now, I'm doing this interview here, I'm doing that there, because you're just on the machine and the music is what keeps you going through that. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, it's only when you kind of look back on stuff and then you bump into people or... But the HR guys, we all talk. We all still hang out. We all speak on Zoom. We all still see what each other are up to. We had a chat just the other night. So, and we'll have a bit of a reminisce, because you do, because that's the most... 
it's probably one of the most important parts of our lives uh, from that perspective. So, you know, you do that and then you go up and, you know, and the abuse will be like, well, you know, I bumped into this person here and it's go, oh, you know, you're the drummer in that band or whatever, you know, a hundred reasons. Wow. And it's sometimes, you know, you go, I mean, I was in Costco a few months ago and someone's like singing a hundred reasons and, you know, you have a little joke, you go, still got it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, you know, that's, it's, it's just a, you know, that's what it is. It's a almost, it's not segmented away because, you know, you grow up, your life changes, you do lots of different things. And it's in terms of your life, it's actually quite a short period of time. So that's sort of eight years, I think it was that we, did hundred reasons it's it's it had longevity for that period of time and that's great but also you kind of move on from it too but it's only when you kind of look back or you bump into an old friend and chat about stuff or even like reminisce like we are now you go back to that and go oh yeah i remember that bit oh yeah i remember that too yeah but when you're kind of in the day-to-day like you are now you don't necessarily always think about it because it seems like such a long time ago it's quite yeah. funny yeah well thinking back then to because like you said you guys are you know, you're just normal British lads who, who love music. Were, was there a moment where you were like, where you were like, what what the fuck is going on? Or like, how am I in this situation? I think the moment was when we were writing our second record, actually. And I went to see Coldplay down in Plymouth, I think it was. And then Chris Martin came up to me and said hello. <laughs> and, I <thought> was, <laughs> wow. and I thought that was quite funny. I mean, he seemed lovely. Um, I yeah. wouldn't, definitely wouldn't speak bad of him. But um, that was quite funny. And then there was kind of those other little moments like, you know, it's like award shows and stuff and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's quite, there's those little things. And I think sometimes as well when you couldn't, you know, people never got to the stage where it was like, you know, like it would be made for like a megastar where you just can't walk down the road. You could always walk down the road, but you would get people looking at you. And it was kind of like the joke, you know, like the spinal tap joke when they're in the hotel and they're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. Because they go to the, like the bigger band, like Van Halen or whatever it was. So they're going over to there. <laughs> but because we just um, joke about stuff like that. Whereas really, you know, you'd be like, we just won a Kerrang Award for best album. How amazing is that? Beat System of a Down and whatever which is crazy <laughs> yeah i think i could yeah and, and that was odd you know when you're having that going on and then you're mingling with all these people and these kind of mega stars so from that perspective it's a little bit different but i think it's just you know like you say what we tried to do is just enjoy it while we did rather than take it and suddenly think you're suddenly elevated you know i went out to went out to pizza express with simon Pegg. that was good Nice. Um, he came to a show in Leicester. Um, he was just lovely, just amazing. And we were all big fans of Spaced at the time as well. Yeah, me. And I I've just like, watched it back, actually. I've just yeah, rewatched it all. It's amazing, it's still amazing. And we sort of um, sat there and talked about zombie movies because we both like horror films. And that was pr- before Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that. So there's those kind of moments where, yeah. Yeah, it was so just a good time. Hmm. Yeah, you didn't see it exactly, but what we're taking from this is you wrote Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, basically. I put all my ideas. Um, I actually had Simon Pegg's number at one point, but then my phone got stolen in Liverpool. Ah. Gutted, gutted. Bugger. Well, Simon, if you listen to this, um, get in touch with Colin. He's now... Um, He's not over it. Everything he needs to know about publishing, publishing and copyright. And now he wants to talk to you about a zombie movie you released. So, <laughs> after a chat with him. so. Um. But 
but but not to play devil's advocate or anything but you mentioned that you and the hundred reasons guys still talk from time to time so does that mean the door isn't shut on the band that maybe you know if the right offer came in that you might play a gig at a festival now and again or just the other appearance maybe i mean or how- if somebody if somebody maybe made you aware that in may 2022 that'll be the 20th anniversary of ideas above our station <laughs> i don't know i don't know i think um again i'd probably bowl down the never say never route on that we'll get on i think if anything was to happen it just have to feel completely right so i would never say never Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> <laughs> this is when all the festivals listen to this and they get so many offers afterwards oh, and it'll be all down yeah. to us. So That's true. Has Andrew Reason's got a booking agent at the moment? But yeah, this has been this has been really awesome. Thank yeah. you very much for giving us your time. Um, no worries. Well well just just before you go, Colin, I do want to putting one last question if that's okay because um i had a little look did a little research online and i found something that sounds like it was a very insane story so i've written this down to get it correct but i believe for a while you were actually the music coordinator for activision blizzard and selected content and licensed for the guitar hero franchise in this peak is that true I did that with a wider team, yes. So, okay. Yeah, so I worked with an um, amazing guy called Tim Riley, uh, Brandon Young, uh, Sergio Pimentel. Really sorry, Daniel, I can't remember your last name right now. <laughs> um, David Escove. This great, great bunch of people in the US um, that were just so passionate about music. Um, Guitar Hero is doing really well. They wanted some extra people in the UK to help out. Um, and I was one of those people helping out. And it was a really good time with some thoroughly, thoroughly wonderful people. So yeah, that's true. Awesome. So how well, did that? I never. How did that process work? I mean, did, like, were you involved with picking and choosing what songs that could go into the game and stuff? Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, and you know, in conjunction with everyone else, obviously, it has to be a business decision. So not everything goes in, obviously. But yeah, I mean, you had a, a, a hand in the creative process in terms of track selection that's, that's probably why all those blackout songs didn't make it in there and other people Definitely. must have been stopping them call fucking sean smith fuck off yeah like oh let's get him paid <laughs> let's get him some bloody money he needs it because he's doing bloody guest spots for free <laughs> you sound very bitter now sean oh i am i am um, both of them both of those bands went on to do much better than mine so uh oh. yeah um <laughs> but yeah um well i mean that sounds like there could be even more projects that could blow us away that we don't even know about. So is there anything else you've been up to over the years that maybe people wouldn't be aware or? I did, um, I did a little thing with, with Dave Draper, actually. We did, um, I wouldn't call it, I'd call it like seven minutes of fun. And we, it was a band that we called the Isle of the Cheetah, which is named after the Hum song because we love Hum. They're just amazing. So I called the band the Isle of the Cheetah. So if you type in the Isle of the Cheetah band, we did like this weird... So we did a video, it's on YouTube somewhere. So check that out. It's just me fucking around and Dave messing around. But it turned out fun. So yeah, it's, it's odd. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have a look after this now. Um, cool. Well, yeah, thank you for giving us your time. Right. Um 
yeah, dry. It's as the Australian people say, it's a bloody ripper, mate. <laughs> thank um, you, thank you, very proud of it. Hopefully there'll be some sort of show. They'll be forced into some sort of shows at some point, so we get to see <laughs> this. And hopefully we can do one of these in the flesh at some point as yes, well. Yes, that'd, that'd be great. I'd be up for that. That'll, it's lovely. That would be nice. fantastic. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. And um, right, yeah, see you soon with a bit of luck. Look after yourselves, fellas. Thanks a lot. Yes. yes wonderful stuff yes that was the fantastic Colin Duran of They Fell From The Sky and 100 Reasons and he did some vocals for The Lucky Nine and he did some vocals for This Is Menace so yeah th- thank you very much Colin here's one thing mm-hmm. here's I, one thing I gotta pick on shoot um, is how do you record something as banging as the new They Fell From The Sky songs mm-hmm. and and you aren't busting to play a life. <laughs> that surprised me as well, to be honest, because you know these songs do sound they would go down uh, hoot at a live environment. Surely, like yeah, like imagine a fucking download and they just fucking turn up and fucking rip it. Mm. Unless that's what's happening, and I've just literally spoiled the fucking <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Sorry, guys. If not, Colin, if you're listening to this, or Jason's listening to this, or anybody in your team has managed to get this far, if you need a front man to do it. <laughs> Hello, I love a fucking bash if Colin won't. Give me the fucking gig. I'm busted, man. Anyway, anyway, thanks again to Colin and his team. Massive fans, as always. What a fucking superstar he is. As I said earlier, he's always been fucking lovely to um, me and my friends. So um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us his time. Thanks for the new songs. And thanks for everything under reasons that did for everybody in British music. That's including anybody who's listening to this now. If you've got a favourite band in British music, probably come via the 100 Reasons Corridor of Help. Well, I spoke a lot when he mentioned that Chris Martin from Coldplay went out of his way to speak to Colin. I mean, well, <laughs> you know, the parallels there it's a bit, uh, shows how important 100 Reasons were. But yeah, I thought he gave a great insight into everything, all the projects. And it's nice to see that he's passing all his business and musical knowledge over to young up-and-coming artists trying to make it in the scene today. So go and check out everything Colin is doing and remember as he mentioned there they fell from the sky will be releasing a album at some point hopefully in the summer so make sure to head over to their social media pages to keep updated with all of that and hopefully someone will convince them for a gig at some point i just realized now after we started recording this so they probably are going to do one and it's like a secret fucking Mm. or quiet one and I just fucking ruined it and outed them so um, if that is the case I'm very very sorry um, we haven't been told anything so <laughs> this is if I just... have actually, I've guessed it like I pulled it out of my psychic Sean psychic Sean we should have a new part of the show where Sean tries to guess what happens over the next week called oh, psychic Sean God. and I'll just sit there aliens it's UFOs next week <laughs> there you go I said it it's just come to me UFOs that was another episode of Psychic Show <laughs> what the fuck I don't know how I'm much coffee have you had this morning two I've had two coffees well, that's too that's much, much. Yeah, too much. <laughs> joke same time yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, I wasn't doing the pun that you were I was just saying it is literally too much because I'm fucking vibrating inside 
So, uh, yeah. So the future is UFOs, by the way, everyone. Psychic Sean has just seen it in his mind's eye and is now giving you this for free unless you sign up to the Patreon and you'll help, which means you are a beautiful, beautiful person. Yeah, I would um, prefer you to give me the winging lottery tickets, but I know that's a bit of a stretch. So if everyone listening to this could go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin instead that would help a lot because we are saving up to try and buy new gear there's loads of bonus material over there if you can't get enough of us two idiots talking to each other and guests each and every week and the community i cannot stress this enough are wonderful human beings that we all have a great laugh with i actually got to meet up with a couple of them this past week um for a socially distanced drink and it was a good good laugh good time so come and get involved patreon.com forward slash sapnin yeah and what i've noticed about patreon is um it doesn't let ugly people sign up so if you go to patreon.com forward slash sapnin and try and sign up and it lets you in that means you're obviously a beautiful person but some people try to sign up and especially for the IAT years mm. if you sign up for the £15,000 a month <laughs> tier you've got to be very good looking you have yes because otherwise it'll just straight deny you so yeah check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin to um, help your boys keep this going and um, check out how beautiful you are so yeah patreon.com forward slash sapnin also check us out on again on Instagram and Twitter at Sapninpod at S A P E N I N P O D that's at S A P P E N P O D. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. That's a little bit different. But yes, please go and give us a follow. Check our stuff out and to send us messages if you've enjoyed this episode. Click subscribe please wherever do. you listen to podcasts. Share, Share rate, it. Put it in your Instagram stories. Give us a comment. Everything. It all helps. Tell Just get it out there, please, man. Fucking tell, tell everyone. Everyone. Yep. Um, but speaking of beautiful people and our Patreon page, we have some people to. Th- <laughs> Can't say that. Name redacted. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you can you beep that out? That'd be good if you beep that out. Beautiful people. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Sorry, that we need to thank Sean so uh, if you head to the description of this episode there is loads of people involved with our Patreon there that we say thank you but Sean is going to give a massive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community they're the top tiers sometimes they change their names sometimes they have a laugh and we're about to see what they've decided to do this week Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, it looks like they haven't fucking bothered, but that's fine by me because it's less to read out. Thank you very much to these fucking super special people. Thank you so, so much to everybody in the description. Please go and check it out. They're all fucking superstars. But you are the most beautiful people in the world. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoway, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, that's not his full name, Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Nathan Croshaw, Dilly Grimwood, Liam Connolly, Scooby Drew Styles. Paul Hirschfield, Kelly Ewing, Kat Besson, Sammy G, Armandine Rubano, Shani Meyer, Boxel Anderson, Tony Michael, Sarah, sorry, Morg, James. What have we done? What, what did she do to you? Or do we not say? No, um, I don't want to incriminate anybody. Oh, wow. It's, currently <laughs> it's not bad, it's, it's not yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's currently under investigation, so we can't really speak about it. Anyway, thank you very much. Justin Dunn, Amy Campion, Murray Grimwood, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Tom Average's best, Charlotte Owen, Dan Gies, TJ, a steak pun is a rare medium. Well done. Oh, Ambler Shadow. Fucking hell. TJ, listen to Morgan's reaction. That was Morgan's <laughs> reaction. So if he doesn't like it, thank you very much to Kate Stevenson, Jenny Munster, Danny Eaton, Emily Senegals, Lucy Diaz, Becky Handy, Martina McManus, John and Emma, Louie Cook, Jenny Robinson, Marty Jacobson, Sharif Awadali, Jason Aredia, Caroline Robinson, Craig Actually Market Research says caravans are hot, who would have known Harris? Well, yeah, it's just a small plastic cube that's securely shut. They're going to be. They heat up in the sun, you fool. Thank you very much. Kelly Cannon, Kevin Clark, Carl Prendlebury, Livy Cropper, James McNaught, Stuart McNaught, relation, Lydia Henderson, Ollie, all right, Charles, how's it going, all right? Amesbury, nice. Chris Howard, Joshua, join the Patreon, it's fucking awesome, even though Sean hates my jokes. Crisp? The first half of that is spot on. Oh, no, so it's the second half, actually. Um, thank you very much. Adam, King of the Goths, Parslow, Alice Wood, Keris Andrews, Simon Amos, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family. Thank you very much to all of those people. Anybody who's fucking even considered joining our Patreon, thank you very much. But you can only join it if you're good looking. So ugly people, don't bother. Beautiful people, have a bash. Yeah. Have a bash. Well, they've just... They've had to lower the standards slightly to let me be involved in it. Um, so it's worth having a look. Patreon.com forward slash Sapmin. Thank you to everyone involved in that. As we say every week, it's just me and Sean that do this. There is no fucking extra help with like a producer or fucking people who do anything else. Everything you see and hear from Sapmin is myself and Sean. So please go and check out Patreon.com forward slash Sapmin to help with everything with that being said is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap up this wonderful episode no as usual just follow us on on socials i do a band as well if you've listened to this talk today and you thought he's way too happy i'd love to know what he's like at his lowest check out raiders band uk <laughs> on, on on the socials and stuff and raiders uk on streaming websites have a listen to how miserable i can i i actually am in yeah. my heart yeah yeah that's fair uh, yeah thank you very much i love everybody involved with this thank you very much if you're listening if you've got this far 
I, I reckon it's only sticks because I talked to sticks the other day. He's like, I hear everything you fucking say. Oh, so, nice. Um, I hear sticks, I, uh... and also it's just you, I think. But, um, but yeah, thank you very much to everyone. Thank you to Morgan. Um, oh, also, I was on those damn crows crowcast back last Tuesday, which is available on their YouTube to watch, um, which was uh, very fun and. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. So thank you very much to those damn crows boys for having me on that. Yes, and we'll be back next week and every Friday with a special guest. Next week's one is a little bit of a surprise. I think a couple of people are going to be excited. I don't know why I've started talking. <laughs> what the fuck is that accent? Two different accents. Is it Borat? Have we spoke to Borat? I don't even fucking know. Uh, yes, I think I'll be like next week's guest. What the fuck? I don't Did know. Did you just say it to Borat? <laughs> oh, so why nice. do they always come up with fucking golden nuggets at the end? And nobody ever fucking listens to it. <laughs> Alright, my wife, next week's podcast will be very sexy. <laughs> I will. Jimish. It will. It will be very oh, sexy. Bro, if we haven't got fucking bored out next week, I'm going to be fucking tamping. Well, tune so in to find out. We've got some emails to send. Yeah, we've got some emails to send to Sasha Baron Cohen today. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. Hopefully, see you next week. Um, Love to everybody. Sapnin! Sapnin! <laughs> Give me your tears, Gypsy, or I shall take them from you. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.